Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, sis. Welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and the Girl Goodnight Land Facebook group. Visit our new website and complete the form to be our next featured author. The Girl Goodnight Store is open and we have the perfect gifts for you and your loved ones. Browse our selections, link in description. Tonight, we'll be reading He Calls Himself Velis by Tierra Cox. Tierra Cox has always been a writer. Her pop-pop was always her biggest fan and encouraged her love of reading. From her first stories about talking wolves to her first published novels with witches and lost love, crafting an enchanting and riveting tale is nothing new to her. As a Black woman, she strives to put us on the forefront of romance novels, to put us in fantastical and daring situations that carve heroines everyone loves to read about. Other than being a writer, she fancies herself quite the poet. When she's not doing anything that has to do with writing, she enjoys watching her favorite YouTubers, playing video games, and sleeping. Velis is what he calls himself, but names mean everything, and Velis isn't giving his up so readily. What he does have is a proposition for Naraya. He'll help her get revenge, and in exchange, she'll become his. In a world where you have to watch what you say and names are secrets, can Naraya find what's hidden inside of herself before she's consumed? Now, close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And sleep in melanated peace. He calls himself Velis. Chapter 1. Tempus Edax Rerum. Time devours all things. Ovid. Naraya. The pounding bass of Wildcat's Gentlemen's Club is thankfully muffled now that the inner door is closed. It's lit for a Tuesday night. There has to be at least 70 men there, from the ages of 32 to 80, all in various stages of balding and different paths in their marriages or relationships. More than half of them are married. This Naraya knows for certain. And the other half don't know how to talk to women, don't talk to women, or think they are too good to talk to women. Yet, here they are, paying for a woman to acknowledge their existence. Naraya finds it humorous. Pitiful, but humorous. These so-called alpha males, or whatever it is they call themselves. High-value men? No man who is high-value spends any time at Wildcats. It's a B-rated establishment at best. No man worth his salt calls himself high-value either. What does he need to prove? Thumbing through a year-old copy of Entertainment Weekly, Naraya blindly turns the page talking about Jason Momoa. 
This is the third time this week she's read this magazine. She looks up to find a man at the door who is indecisive about coming inside. This is either his first time coming to Wildcats, which is why he's trying to muster the courage to come inside, or he's been here before. The parking lot is nothing noteworthy, slightly sketchy with three blinking streetlights, two of which now illuminate the man. The potholes in the pavement are deep, but the regulars know where they are when it snows. The blazing neon signs with the leopard swiping a paw flashes blue and green and casts its colors over the man's face while he looks back at his vehicle and toward the glass door that separates him from Naraya. Oh God, is that Tyler? Betty opens the door to the lounge, her voice climbing above the music that pours into the entryway. She cranes her neck to look at the man outside while approaching Naraya and her ensemble for the night. Sequins, feathers, and tight black leather. Betty has been Naraya's boon companion since she arrived in Baltimore. The tall, dark brown-skinned woman purses her purple-painted lips regarding Naraya for an answer. Naraya answers with a smirk. I have no clue who that man is, but he's been out there for like 20 minutes now. Noticing he's being watched, Tyler turns around and gives them a little wave, finally deciding to come inside. Betty groans. Ugh, here he comes. He's Stacia's customer, too timid with them dollars for me, and you know she likes a long game. Naraya grins, watching Betty get into customer mode. If ever there was someone with an air of politeness and professionalism, it is Betty. Customer service folks could take a class from her and learn something. Doctors needed to take a bedside manner course with her. Pushing her breasts up, Betty leans back, accentuating her hips, waist, and torso. She leans against the counter, just enough to touch her elbow against it, and dips her chin to one side. Betty is classically beautiful, if anyone ever fit the word. She has a symmetric, well-proportioned face with delicate features. Her lips are full and pouty, just the bottom one. Her nose and forehead are statuesque, seemingly carved from marble. There's a structural quality to her body that most people pay for. Naraya bit her bottom lip and breathed in Betty's perfume, Flower Bomb. Well, well, honey cake, Betty croons as Tyler opens the door. Someone came back to his hive like a good boy. Just looking for my queen. Tyler's eyes danced around nervously. His gaze never lands on Naraya, and she knows why. People are either super friendly and tell her all their business, or they avoid her like the plague. Betty says it's because she's touched, whatever that means. She's in there. Betty stands up and winks at Tyler. I know she'll be glad to see you. Tyler blushes, and just like that, he slides a $20 bill toward Naraya. She gives him a card for entrance. When the door closes again, Betty scoffs and rolls her eyes. He's so shy. He's married, you know. Naraya turns her attention back to the magazine. Most of them are. No surprise there. Couldn't pay me to get married. Betty grunts. I want to get married one day. I hope not to one of these idiots. Betty scrunches her nose, which does nothing to detract from her beauty. Bitch, if his money is right. Reaching out, Betty turns the magazine toward herself and scoffs. You ain't really reading this shit. 
She closes the magazine, reaches across the counter, and grabs Naraya's hand. What's on your mind? You thinking about it again? It is the situation surrounding Naraya's stepfather. She hates to even call him that. However, yes, it is on her mind. I had a dream early this morning and I can't shake it. Betty hums and rubs her thumbs over Naraya's skin. I'm in the car again. There's that pain in my chest and the light that came from it and then blackness. I wake up and she's dying. I'm outside the car and Naraya clears her throat, trying to force herself not to cry. I just feel sad again. Depressed. Betty clucks her tongue. You're slipping into depression. It's okay to give it a name. Smiling, Naraya takes her hand back. Her hands are always cold, another sign of being touched, according to Betty. You see a therapist twice a month now, and look at you. Fuck, look at me. Twirling in a circle, Betty bats her lashes. Mentally sound. Well, halfway anyway. But the point is, I'm getting there. Nodding, Naraya sniffles and reaches under the counter to grab a tissue. I believe you. You know... Leaning in close, Betty speaks low. Why is beyond Naraya as they're the only two in there? She said she would see you under the table. Betty, just listen. I didn't tell her anything personal, but I did say that you wanted to remain off the books and discreet. Holding her hands up, Betty raises her eyebrows, searching for an answer. Naraya knew she should probably go to therapy, Therapy would stop these nightmares and quiet the feelings and small voices she sometimes heard. Hell, it might help her sleep better at night. Maybe she wouldn't feel the need to run and hide in a new city every time she caught even a whiff of him. Fucking Kevin McLeod. He took away everything that she held dear, including her mother. After I move into this new place, she can push away the feelings for now, push away the fear, anxiety, and doubt, and focus on the now. You're still coming with me to check it out tomorrow, right? Betty turns toward the door, then stops and cranes her neck to look back at Naraya with a grin. You know I am. What would I do without you, hmm? Naraya opens the magazine once more, making her butt comfy on the stool. Winking, Betty opens the door, letting the music envelop the room. You be fine, touch one. The next afternoon finds both women in front of a swanky apartment building. The black brick of the exterior meshes well with the fine silver metal grating surrounding large egress windows. Chrome might have been tacky, but the matte look of the metal gives it a look of contemporary simplicity. The double glass doors are bordered by a gray wood frame with massive handles shaped like half moons in the same metal. The grassy areas around the building are framed by horizontal timber fencing dyed black to match the building. Every six feet along the fence line, slim cedars add an attractive spark to the grounds. Betty raises an eyebrow, popping a piece of chewing gum into her mouth. You sure it's not out of your price range? Pulling her coat closer around her neck, Naraya shivers in the November cold. I mean, if you want to move in with me, we can split it. They walk towards the door. Naraya quickly opens it, enjoying the warm blast of air that blows down on them. Let me see what it looks like first. I could get used to something highbrow like this. 
Naraya laughs out loud, causing the guard at the desk to look up. The woman who wears nothing but French designer labels will get used to highbrow? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Clapping her hands at Naraya, Betty looks over the top of her red Vautier sunglasses. Don't do me. Don't make me, Naraya counters. And as she makes her way to the desk, a woman in shiny patent leather black flats comes from down the hall. Miss Adams? Her smile is wide and oh so very fake. The feeling erupts over Naraya again. Pins and needles start in her hands and feet. An icy feeling down her back splashes into her stomach as warmth and travels into the back of her head as a dull ringing sound. Why now? Yes, please call me Nell. Naraya smiled, inkling her head toward the woman. Nell! The woman holds out her hand. I'm Samantha. And welcome to Covington. I'm so excited to show you the available suite. She's breathing too hard, isn't she? Naraya feels as though Betty and Samantha are staring at her. Her eyes land on the woman's outstretched hand. Naraya can't bring herself to shake it. Not now. She doesn't want to be overwhelmed with the feelings attached to this woman. The woman's uncontrollable emotions will flow into her and make her a conduit. Why can't these people get themselves under control? Betty comes to her rescue. Hello, I'm Nell's bestie and possible roommate, Betty. This place is gorgeous. Oh, Samantha eagerly grips Betty's hand and smiles. Nice to have you along for the tour. Samantha is led to one corner by Betty, who pretends to be overly interested in the parking. One hand braces her against the counter, and Naraya concentrates on her hand squeezing the faux marble. She can get past this. The staggering weight this woman is carrying is enough to make her vomit, and half of her wants to relieve Samantha of it. The other half is anxious to calm down. Now, Betty's heels clack against the flooring, approaching Naraya's side until she feels Betty's hand on the small of her back. You okay? She has to push past this. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Vertigo. I think it was going from the super cold and then into that blast of hot air. Naraya points to the heater right above the door. Oh, I am so sorry. Samantha makes her way toward the elevators, which are fashioned in a 1920 style with the same gray metal. Yeah, it's a lot for some. I'll turn it down. No problem. We'll just do our tour and be out of your hair. Betty wraps her arms around Naraya's waist and leads her to the elevator. The space is starting to clear a little. Step by step, Naraya mentally wills the pins and needles back. She blinks slowly, taking small breaths, and with each advance, the air clears once again. It's work, but she can push it back. There are only two suites on each floor. The elevator stops at the end of a short hall, and Samantha stops on each floor to show that they are decorated in a different color. Floor one is hunter green, two is mandarin orange, three is styled in peach pink, and four... What could be Naraya's floor is French violet. There is no carpeting. 
The hardwood flooring is black and made of thick wood that silences any echoes their feet make. The crown molding is painted a stark white in comparison to the rich violet walls with accents of gold filigree along the edges of the walls. Samantha giggles in supposed excitement as she nears the door. This is our only available unit, she says. As you know, this is a private dwelling. Mrs. Dotsenberg, who owns this building and the one across the street, personally designed the interiors herself and made sure that each suite has an air of something unique. For this suite, it's the mirror in the bathroom and the living room that are the focal points. She found them at an antique sale. Interesting, right? So, what's the price tag? Betty removes her fur-lined coat and folds it over her arm. Samantha grins, but the way she does lets Naraya know she doesn't like that question. Our residents pay for style, comfort, and security. The rent is $3,500 a month. Naraya doesn't need to look at Betty to know she's staring a hole into the side of her head. Betty will want to know where she's getting the money from and how she knows she can keep up the payments. Selling feet pics and panties on the side at the club and online had its perks, and it was easy to keep up with via a P.O. box. Betty didn't really need to know that, though. Naraya smiles, stepping in front of Betty. That's perfect, and I've already gone over the numbers with you, and you've reviewed everything. Samantha turns her gaze back to Naraya. Yes, but... If your friend is interested, then I will have to run her half before approval. We'll discuss it once I see it, Naraya gestures toward the door, but Samantha holds out the key fob for her. It could be yours. Do the honors. Just place your fob near the lock and the chime will let you know the door is unlocked. Once every six months, residents are strongly encouraged to register and change the lock pattern. We can assign you a random number that the lock adjusts itself to. There are a million patterns. Top notch, Betty clucks her tongue. For 3000 I'd hope so. Thank you. Naraya is careful not to touch Samantha's fingers as she takes the key fob and listens to the chime. It's a lighthearted musical note that she recognizes. Then the locks click and the door opens. There's something about this place. Something that pulls inside Naraya, like her heart is on a string and something or someone is pulling her. She can't help but place her hand on the door and she can't ignore the fire that cascades up into her arm and into her chest, bursting like fireworks. Something is calling her and she needs to be here. Velis. If Velis had any inkling of what being trapped in this mirror really meant for himself, perhaps he would have thought better of his last words. Lying on the floor in inky darkness, the only light that graces his small room is daybreak. As winter settles in, the hours become shorter and shorter. Though he relishes the few bits of sunlight that caress his fingers, he longs more than anything to be free. Freedom is a dream now, an illusion that has evaded him for the better part of a few short millennia. Trapped in this mirror, he has seen time change, humans evolve, and still he remains. Western Rome fell, and the Byzantines rose. Christianity soon becomes the dominant religion, and the church has gained control. 
He saw the dawn of the Dark Ages and the light of the Renaissance, but he stopped keeping time after Machiavelli published The Prince. Breathing deeply, his tail draped across his stomach, Velas lies on the floor while the sun sits in the middle of the sky. A woman's voice pierces his melancholy, pricking his ears to a standpoint. This is our only available unit. As you know, this is a private dwelling. He hears the footsteps of a trio as they enter the living room. They dawdle, talking quietly amongst themselves until they enter the bedroom. Vela scoots to the edge of the glass and presses his nose close to the surface and watches as they explore the room. Sewer, water, and trash is included, the woman says. There she is. It's only a glimpse of her, but Velas feels his skin stretch in response. His whole being begins to twitch and come alive as she wanders back and forth in front of the bathroom door. A child of light. Velas presses his fingertips against the glass and wishes more than anything that she would look his way. That's all it would take, all he would need. One look, one glimmer of recognition, and salvation for what it was worth would be his. The light-voiced woman turns on the bathroom light and floods his small room with brightness. There is the mirror. It's quite a statement piece, isn't it? Velas shields his eyes. The light hurts, and he blinks hard before gazing upon the face that will set him free. With skin the color of dark honey, she looks around the bathroom before casting her brown eyes upon the mirror. You see me, Velas whispers. She peers into the mirror and then looks at the frame, her fingers delicately perched on the wood. As she lifts her gaze to the silver, Velas stares into her eyes. For a brief moment, he holds his breath, waiting for the glimmer of something there. The hint of light that would acknowledge that she saw him just as easily as he saw her. Forehead touching the glass, Velas waits, knowing that she is looking into the surface. How old is this mirror? There she is, staring at his mirror. Her countenance tells him all that he needs to know. She feels him. Not exactly sure, the woman says, but the last I heard, it's at least a hundred years old. If only you knew, Velas thought. The girl squints, and Velas can't tell if she's looking at him or past him. Still, he waits, and he knows that as the corner of her mouth lifts, she sees something. She must have seen him. Will you take it? The child of light smiles at the woman and turns off the bathroom light. Give me until this evening? As they leave the apartment, Vela sits back down in the dark. The sun's rays are a dark orange against the sky, and he will soon be in the darkness once more. It is nothing new. He was born of the night and fire. These should be his lullaby and blanket. Still, as the sound of the city night enters the bathroom... Velas finds himself lying back down on the floor, arm behind his head, his tail gently slapping his stomach. Perhaps she saw nothing, and it was simply what he has wanted after so long. Damn Abaddon. Are you still up? Girl, good night.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.